Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, Going Off celebrates its 200th episode. To kick off the festivities, please welcome Rap Critic and the Rap Critic Singers. One, two, three, go! Hey y'all, listen up to me, I got some history of how it all went down. Way back in 2014, we hopped up on the scene. Somehow we're still around. Woo, baby! Going off. <laughs> I'm going off. Going off. <laughs> I'm scared. Going off. Going off. Going off. Going off. Going off now. Going What's the funniest podcast on the internet, people? The Important Cinema Club! It went over so well on episode 100 that we did a little Q&A that, you know what? We figured we're gonna bring it back, if not for but half the show, and we're gonna bring you a new album review while we're at it. Because that's exactly what you've come to expect and love from you boys. The baddest, the baddest boys of podcasting. The bicentennial of the baddest boys oh! of podcast. <laughs> it just builds. It just builds every week. Just Billy writes us. Big wet Billy? Uh, just Billy. Just Billy. Ah, okay. Just Billy. Never mind. Yeah. There was a time when you seemed a lot more critical of the songs you've rated. However, since in the last like couple of years, you seem to be more generous about the songs you review. So my question is, have your standards for hip-hop lowered over the last few years? I wouldn't say they've lowered, but I'd definitely say they've changed. I think I'm just more accepting overall of different styles. Because when I first got into hip-hop, I was more introduced to like more old-school stuff. Stuff that really wasn't being done. Styles that weren't really on display as much at the time. And also stuff that was a bit more conscious. Your immortal techniques and stuff like that. So that wasn't really being done much on the radio, so... Naturally, my fucking mind is like, you know, fuck all the shit on the radio. It doesn't sound like the stuff from fucking 92 that I'm listening to, you know. Yeah, I was a bit of a purist at the time, and and I think that that mindset changed over time. I think there's another element of it, too, is, is like, as I was thinking about it, I was just like, you know, when I first started off, I thought what people wanted to hear was the stuff I didn't like. When I started taking requests and Patreon requests, people would, like, ask me about things that, like... I didn't necessarily hate. And at first, I kind of wanted to avoid sort of things like that because I was like, well, that's not fun, you know, to talk about something that I'm just in the middle about or maybe I kind of enjoy but see a couple of flaws. And I didn't think people wanted to hear that. But as I started to go on, people were like, no, we want to hear those too. So I was like, okay, we'll do the whole, we'll do the whole rating spectrum then, you know? Connor Steele asks, any funny weird or interesting live music experiences uh i went to see uh public enemy once and flavor flav is just as weird as you think he is when was that uh this was when i was still in high school actually oh my god yeah wow. man <laughs> yo your boy was getting it in early Woo. um yeah, they, I think it was like House of Blues in like, uh, what was it, South Carolina? 
I mean, you're watching the show and you're finding out like, wow, he really is as talented as people say he is and he's not just like a joke, you know? And then afterwards you're like, wow, he really is as like, you know, just uh, brazen and just like loud and insane as, you know, it says he is online. Like, it's not a joke, you know? Like, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was just like, he was just walking through a crowd as if he wasn't a famous person that people wanted to talk to. And he was just like, yo, where, where are my family? We about to get the weed and the da da We about to go. You know, who's it's like it's like he didn't realize that there were people who wanted to talk to him. He was just like walking right <laughs> past everyone. But it was actually kind of like a nice thing. Uh, Chuck D. So I had gone to this concert with my mom, right? And like my mom had, was just kind of tired and she was sitting down. And uh, Chuck D, you know, like everyone's walking in the crowd and he sees my mom and he thinks that she's like hurt or something. And he like bends down and is like, hey, ma'am, do you need some help? And she was like, oh, no, I'm fine. But thank you. <laughs> so, you know, Chuck D, good guy. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I remember I went to a show once, uh, again, maybe when I was like 14 or 15, and a uh, dude had called me up on stage. I can't remember who the guy was, but basically the idea was that like he blindfolded himself. He was the opening act for this rap group called uh, Brown Company, if anyone remembers them, a uh, local cast from like North Carolina. His act was like he would put a blindfold on and like ask someone from the crowd up to like give him like random objects that the crowd would pass him. And he would rap about the things that he was given just by like feeling it. And I just happened to be called up to, uh, you know, be the person to hand him the items. So it was just really cool. Just like, oh, my God, he's like really doing this. Like, you know, like 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 a mini magic trick, you know, like I'm not I'm not uh, like I knew that I was not a plant. Like he's actually doing this legit. Like and I'm looking to see if he's looking. You know what I mean? We went to an MC Chris show with uh, with someone who we're not friends with anymore. She got a little inebriated. When you go to an MC Chris show, it's like, yeah, he's doing the rap stuff, but then he also kind of does, like, stand-up in between the songs. And the person we went with was just, like, yelling shit. And we're, like, four people from the stage, so we're close. Mm. And after a while, he's just like, excuse me, please. Please, would you stop? (laughs) And I'm like... I'm standing in front of that person, so I'm three people from the stage, so it feels like he's looking at me, because he's looking right past me, and I'm just like, oh my fucking god, no, this can't be happening, and this can't because be how this, per- I, this person knows me forever, and, and because that person was inebriated, a little tipsy, um, a little argument <laughs> ensued, they fucking had a little back and forth. And I'm sitting there like, please, please just let this end, because I'm mortified. Uh, Till eventually the person was like, fine, fuck it, I'll leave. And I'm like, you're our fucking ride home. You better better stick around here. So she fucking spent the rest of the show fucking like outside on the balcony. And I was just like, ooh. And this was like the second or third time we've seen MC Chris. And each time we stand in line and we talk to him and we take pictures. So like... We've already had, like, two conversations with the guy. First thing out of my mouth when I went up to him was just like, dude, I'm really sorry. And she came by, and she was still kind of drunk, but she was doing the drunk apologizing, and Mm. he was just kind of putting up with it, just kind of wanting it to be over. It would be funny Um, if he, like, walked up to you specifically and was like, hey, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Don't bring people like that to my fucking shows. I trusted you. (laughs) I do remember now that actually, um, also an MC Chris show, we talked afterwards... And this was, like, right when, because of the internet, t- 
took off. And I listened back to there was a song on a Childish Gambino mixtape and it featured MC Chris on it. And I thought that was mm. the weirdest fucking thing. So I asked MC Chris about that and he was like, oh, yeah, I basically got him into music. And, like, that had to have been the weirdest fucking what? thing to be, like, oh. he turned him on to, like, hip-hop and got him into the whole thing. <laughs> and now it's, like, people are going to your show asking about this big fucking famous dude that you kind of are responsible for putting on. <laughs> He's the MC search to uh, Childish Gambino's Nas, in a way. <laughs> so, HH asks... What album did you guys have the most split opinions on? Mm. I, th- I think you just go back through a video and just see whichever video has, like, the most dislikes and stuff. <laughs> That'll probably give you a good example of <laughs> more um, controversial uh, episodes. Yeah, that would be either the fucking Eminem or Brockhampton. Uh, even fucking lately Kevin Abstract. That one was very oh, split. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Travis Campbell, and their question is, are you guys experiencing a burnout from doing it this long, or is it because you guys are busier now? Because older shows used to be longer and had more topics. Sometimes it's just the album review. That comes down to gonads, which stands for going off never a dull second, which is basically our way of explaining a way that YouTube has an algorithm for how long people stick around and watch the video for their the uh, audience retention so it just comes down to if you have a shorter episode the odds of people sticking around for the whole episode are that much better and that's all youtube really cares about is how much what percentage of the video people stick around and watch so, yeah, back in the day when I wasn't even editing the goddamn yeah, see, episodes. I, I was going to bring that up, too. It was like, like I think we just, like, keep it a tighter ship also as well. I had no idea if we were going to still be doing this show. I had no idea how long we'd be doing it or if it was even going to become a thing. So I would just record it and upload the thing in full and just listen to those. They're shit. They're really hard to listen to. It just comes down to that. And also, we kind of made it a point to not be as political on the show, which made up for a lot of the topics we would bring up. Also, I don't know about you, but for me, it also came down to just like, I just can't keep getting angry about this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, we are a political channel and music is politics. And we do not want to re- divorce that when that reality comes up. Right. But, you know, uh, yeah, at the same time, it's just like, God damn, man. <laughs> Do you have any plans as far as making your own music, songs, spoken word poetry, graphic novels, or any other creative endeavor besides those you are currently known for? Every so often, Dylan and I will talk about not like a whole rap project, but like recording a song, you know, at least like a song, but we never get around to actually doing it. Besides that, though, I just don't have the time outside our own YouTube channel, which I'm just going to go ahead and say this because I think I kind of take it for granted. If people are listening to the show and not subscribed to my channel, I have my own channel where we do a YouTube show. If anyone wants to check that out. Yeah, hell yeah. Please subscribe to uh, Music channel as well, y'all. I leave the links below the video as well. I know it's not exactly the same as what we talk about on the show it's fucking riffing on old commercials and sitcoms so you know it might be different than what you're used to but that takes up almost all my time outside editing this podcast but see you know i'm also doing the the brew thing where i'm reviewing you know movies 
completely apart from hip hop. So I, I think it's just like a whole like like I said, this, this is the going off extended universe, guys. We're, we're we're expanding things, you know. It's beyond just just music. This is the entry point. You know what I mean? This is where we started, but you know, of course, you are more than music. I am more than music. You know what I mean? There's more than that in our lives, you know, and we like doing that shit. You fucking got your whole music thing outside of of a YouTube and all that that you've been doing for what longer than you've been making the videos or around the same time i think maybe about around the same time yeah you know before i i did music before but all that stuff is the stuff i'm really ashamed of oh no (laughs) the stuff that never reached the internet you know what i mean but you know you're working on stuff and you're trying to figure out you know what you want to do and stuff like that like um yeah but I, I am working on newer stuff that I, where I feel like I've found my voice more as an artist. But uh, I feel like anytime someone describes music, their own music, without being prompted and without actually presenting anything, they sound pretentious as fuck. So I'm just gonna, you know, let that come out as it comes out. You know what I mean? At least with this, it was provoked. People are actually. People actually did ask. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, you know, just to let them know, um, on my Patreon right now, there's my uh, cover of Old Town Road that I did. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was actually really fun. I like mm. doing that. Like, um, you know, it, it, I do have the issue of just, like, taking myself seriously as someone who's doing something. But I kind of like this song where it's just kind of like, I mean, it's kind of a joke song. You know, I, I like the idea of doing voices. You know what I mean? That's, again, why I thought the little Nas X uh, Old Town Road was kind of a fun thing to do. Because it's just like, yeah, I mean, I do have a southern accent. But, like, you know, I don't really pull it out. But, yo, let's fuck with it really quick. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's have some fun. And I switched around a couple of words just to be like, just to make it more directly relate to that sort of like cowboy outlaw vibe you know pseudonym f asks what albums made you listen to rap music now i know you've got some years on me there uh, (laughs) i didn't even start even listening to rap until like i was in like college so um i kind of mentioned it before but like uh immortal technique was one of the first people i got into diabolic that click uh krs1 bdp with some of the things I was listening to really early on. And then you just kind of start, like, I know back then anyway, Pandora was, like, the best fucking way to discover anything new. So I would just type in Boogie Down Productions into Pandora, and you'd be like, cool, you like you like Boogie Down Productions. You like Gangstar? You like fucking uh, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth? You like some... Some fucking Eric B and Rakim? It's like, oh my god. We are the generation that is kind of, like... The boundaries of not knowing about music just because, you know, you just didn't happen to hear about it. that That's kind of broken down now, you know? It's all that shit that predates you, too. Like, I don't know if I'd said this on the show before, but Weird Al was like a huge gateway. He brought me into a lot of rock music, actually. Yeah. Because it's like a lot of the songs are parodies. What are they parodies of? I gotta listen to what it's a parody of. Wow, <laughs> exactly. this is pretty cool, too. Um, like, I never would have got into Devo if it wasn't for Weird Al or mm-hmm. Talking Heads. Like, a lot of that shit. Um, and yep. the same kind of goes for uh, for rap. But um, but how about you? Well, if we're just gonna go back to the like the first rap songs I ever listened to, it goes back to the, the, the legendary TDK tape. Which was a, a tape where I think my mom just like recorded a whole bunch of songs from like I think the year 1992 because all mm. the songs seemed to be from around that era when I looked them up. Uh, so I would say like in um, wh- who was it? Uh, Digital Underground, TLC, 
a tag team, mm. MC Hammer, <laughs> and not the the MC Hammer you know and love, the Pumps and a Bump, actually. That ah. was on there. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. So what this a collection. Was, this is what the rap critic was exposed to. This is what baby rap critic was listening to. <laughs> You know, there was that, then there was, um, I think it was like Ghetto Jam. I can't remember who that was. Um, I think Domino, but it was more like, it was like, you know, that sort of New Jack swing, but it has the hip hop element to it, you know, so you don't really know what to call it. You know, it's kind of seeping into the bone thugs and harmony, which basically would be a lot of cloud rap, what we would call today. You know, I would say a... That's basically what that turned into, you know what I mean? I remember Will Smith at one point, because I think that's just what happens. It goes oh. to Will Smith, and then, you know, you start... I remember seeing, like, Wu-Tang Clan on Comedy Central when I was, like, around, like, 9 or 10. And then I especially remember getting into hip-hop documentaries early. Because, you know what it was? I remember doing a parody of Walk This Way. It was, like, for some after-school program thing, you know, like a fun little song thing. And I'm like, I like Weird Al, I like hip-hop, so I'm gonna do a parody of a hip-hop song, you know? Melon Squad Gaming asked, how would you rank all of Eminem's albums? Slim Shitty LP, Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem Show, Marshall Mathers LP 2, Recovery, Kamikaze, Relapse, if not Encore. It's hard to tell. Because I haven't listened to him in a while. I would say uh, uh, maybe Encore, then Relapse, Kamikaze, Revival, Recovery, Eminem Show, mm. Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP 2, Marshall Mathers LP. Mm, okay. I really I, enjoyed this. I think this that's sh- fair. I enjoyed the shit out of Marshall Mathers LP, except for that one goddamn song. The, you made me a better person. That almost made me stop the album. Oh, like, what no. the fuck? What the fuck was that, him? If that one song was gone, I really do think it would be, it's a pitch perfect uh, uh, callback album that really works as like a late period album for, you know, an artist like this that that, that hit it way out of the park. Uh, harder than expected. I think Marshall Mathers LP is the zenith of his lyrical abilities. The Eminem show, as I went back to revisit it, it, that used to be my number one. But as, you know, we did our review and I kind of like broke it down. I was like, wow, you know, this album's a lot more lopsided than I remembered, you know? I get the most enjoyment out of songs that are on the Slim Shady LP because I think he's the most creative like, he's trying to prove something on that album, and he's bringing a lot of things to the table, like, he's doing mm. kind of voices, and he's doing, like, almost skits yes. in the songs. Mm. Like, songs like, uh, Come On Everybody has really funny parts. Um, I'm gonna come out on stage and say, fuck rap, I'm, I'm finished. And they go, Eminem, this is your CD release party! Like, I think that's <laughs> funny. Uh, As the World Turns, that whole thing is pretty funny. Uh, fucking brain damage. It's it's a very immature album, though, when you look at I it. I like it. <laughs> That's what I like about it. He's not trying to be super like, oh, my wife and my kids. Oh, like, he's just like, I'm being goofy as shit. This is him at his most innocently evil, you could say. This is the raw, him just pissed off at the world and just spraying, you know, whatever evil energy or fun energy that comes out. 
And the second album, it feels more focused. I like the self-awareness of the, like, it, like you enjoy that raw energy. I enjoy more the self-awareness of the, oh, this is pissing you off? So what if when I say this? What if when I do this? That's what I kind of like, you know? Garnet Muganda asks, what's your favorite MF Doom album? I would say The Mouse and the Mask, just because... Oh, that, yeah. And and, and, I, and I would say we'd have to count every MF Doom iteration, because technically, if, oh. if you're just saying MF Doom, there's only two real MF Doom albums. You oh, know so what now I mean? we're talking about Vince, we're talking about <laughs> fucking Vaudevillain and yeah, I think that's King different. Ghidorah. <laughs> I think you should be able to count those albums, because it's just like, I mean, he never is just MF Doom. That's like maybe born like this and uh oh yeah operation doomsday you know mine would be um food um what's your least favorite kendrick lamar song i, I would say the remix he did to i that he put on the uh uh to yeah. butterfly album <laughs> and didn't give us the actual song like god damn it kendrick i would actually agree with that because <laughs> as a song on the album like i remember we were recording the podcast i had to pause the recording to watch the music video because at that point I was still not really sold on Kendrick as you, as you might recall. Um, so I was like, Whoa, this is really fucking fun. The instrumentation is really cool. It's funky. I like this His attitude. It's all really cool. So I was immediately like, cool. Okay. I'm interested to see what's on the album. And then it wasn't on the album and what you got on there. I'm not ashamed to say I skip over that every time. Cause it's like, why would I sit through Half a song, and then half, like, a little, like, monologue to pretend people with sound effects in the back. Like, I don't know, man. The monologue is good. I I will say the monologue is good. It's just not worth what the wait to get there, especially since there is such a long period where it's like he kind of stops rapping and it's just, like, awkwardly music playing where it's just, like, you don't know what's happening. Or I would say, uh, for another one, the first song off of uh, the Untitled Unmastered album where uh, it's Which like, one was that? I want to like the song, but it starts off with a minute and a half of like, oh, yeah, you, you like a little lamb. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just don't, <laughs> don't want to hear that guy say that. Oh, my God. I forgot about that shit. As much as I liked that little whatever you want to call it compilation at the time. Yeah, I don't really revisit it much. <laughs> I like that fucking, what does the black man say? I like that track. And but it's like, you, you can never remember which song is which, so you just kind of like, I know there's two songs on here I really like, but I can't remember which ones. You have to, like, make your own names for them, just so you'll remember. Like, okay, yeah, I'm skipping that one. I don't like that one. Um, Drawing Queens 123 asks, are there limits to what types of genres you guys will listen to? I would love to suggest one of my favorite albums, but I'm worried that the style will be too dot 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 slow, bizarre, or unsettling <laughs> for you guys. As long as it isn't bizarre, bizarre from from D12, I think we're good. Yeah, no, no more favorite um, albums. Uh, I, I would say lullaby albums. Maybe that's about our limit. <laughs> if you've been listening to the show for a while, we get some really interesting. I'll put it that way. Recommendations of stuff that aren't nearly aren't necessarily in our wheelhouse so wanted to make it as a rule of thumb like 
skew on the side of hip-hop albums just because i think that's what we're going to be most knowledgeable about like classical music or something like that like don't request that you know like i i want to cover our bases because you know sometimes hey uh you know they just put out uh, what was that mozart album that went platinum because it was like 400 copies of it and oh yeah you know like don't ask us to review like stuff like that you know i'm like at the end of the day i'm not about to tell you what to do with your money because that that ultimately (laughs) is what it is but just know that you're gonna get the most bang for your buck if you request an album that we're gonna have the most to say about it and also kind of take in mind that we are trying to make an entertaining show you know so maybe take that in mind too that if you think it might be something that'll give us some fun banter, I think the only rule we have now is to just not suggest your own shit. Yeah, yeah. And we, we've done that once before. Don't put us in that awkward position, man. Don't make us do that. Forgive me if I mess up your name. Abu Bakr Muhammad Jamal asked, do you guys like political rap? If so, did you find issue with the number of conspiracy theories prevalent in some political artists' work? You know, you guys are fans of uh, Lupe Fiasco. You name drop Dead Prez and Immortal Technique. So uh, I thought that uh, you guys tasted similar to mine. Um, and while I love political rap, I've had multiple cringe moments when great songs were ruined by random conspiracy theories. What, like fucking that Flat Earth song that B.O.B. released? <laughs> You're talking about like shit like that? Well, no, um, I, think, I think we do have to take into account, like, you know, guys like um, Immortal Technique. And what sucks about it is that, yeah, like, there are things where it's like, yes, that is kind of the truth. And it sucks that we don't hear that in more mainstream, you know, like, coverage and things like that. And more people aren't talking about it. But then what sucks is that, yeah, it gets crumpled in with other stuff where it's just like, oh, okay. I think that's just, I think you made that up, man. <laughs> where, where are your sources on that one? <laughs> I think a big problem with political rap specifically also unfortunately it's 2019 i don't really necessarily want to hear someone rapping about like bush like on the eminem album like it kind of gets dated you know what i mean yeah that's a good point yeah yeah like yeah when we fucking got people talking about real shit going on now that we can relate to at at the same time like you know that's kind of like the protest rock of like the the 60s and the vietnam era right you know like there's gonna be that of the era let that be what it is with the understanding that it's gonna kind of be dated just by the nature of people just aren't gonna know who that is when you're younger you want to listen to the music that's outside of the mainstream right so what there is is the you know the tele qualities the most deaths these type of guys along with them are kind of like you know hey we're speaking to more intelligent stuff that you as a you know younger listener of music you want that more intelligent music but we also kind of have weird things that we were thinking of too you know and so like that gets that to them gets caught up in their what they perceive as like no this is knowledge too you know i'm really laying it down on you like um uh, oh, I remember lot, lots of songs, even songs like guys like Outkast in older songs, they'll just say things that are like, whoa, that was a conspiracy theory that it may have been like a black conspiracy theory, so it sounds cooler, and maybe the reviewers at the time didn't really know what those you know things maybe were uh, references to, so maybe they just took it as like a bigger mythos building, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, five the five percenters in the Wu-Tang Clan, that sort of thing, where it's just like, you, you know, you look up their idea. Uh, that's actually a pretty good example. I remember being a the hugest fan of the Wu-Tang Clan and then just being like looking up their ideology and it's like i don't know if i think white people are the like the devil (laughs) you know it's like oh wow all right (laughs) 
the last question I got to wrap it up is, uh, I think this is an interesting question from Jazzy34. Were there artists that you used to love but hated later on uh, because of a change in style? Well, I mean, Eminem definitely comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Lupe Fiasco. And then just kind of looking looking back on some of his stuff, just like, yeah, these beats kind of are a little a little nazish, you know. It's a little like, yeah, you lyrical, but what's up with what's up with these beats, man? What's up with what's up with the what's that song? Uh, You're at war with love, <laughs> battle scars, you know. Like, what's Ooh. up? What's up with a track like that, man? You you know, or or pick up the fucking phone, like tracks like that, where you're like, what is what is this meet me in the middle trying to trying to be half indie, <laughs> half mainstream shit? What are you doing? A band, I would say. Uh, Panic at the Disco. The band fell apart, and now it's only the one guy who I just found out I'm the same age as, and that really fucked me up. You ever do that? Where, like, you just assume... <laughs> you just assume people in the entertainment business are older, like older because than you, they're famous? Yeah. <laughs> Todd in the Shadows posted on Twitter that said, uh, Brandon Yuri is 31. I'm like... Like, he was born in 87? Oh my god! Like, that, that <laughs> fucked me you, up, You reacted like the dude in, the, in that troll movie. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, the slow <laughs> zoom on my face and everything. Just like, when he said like, oh yeah, he was 18 when that first album came out. I was like, wait a minute. I was 18 when that album <laughs> You just made the you made the Toy Story click connection. That's what I made. When, when I found out that I was the same age as Andy, I was like, <gasps> "Oh shit!" <laughs> An inverse of that, though. If anyone's interested, um, if anyone remembers back in the day, I was I was really hard on your girl, Lady Gaga. But um, mm. dude, dude, can I just say, fucking born this way, like the album. Except for like three or four songs, that fucking okay. album. Oh my god, the beats on that album and just the energy. Oh my god, I think a lot of it, honestly, honestly, a lot of music, especially pop music, hits me a lot different than it used to. Uh, before I came out, I don't know what that means, but I've theorized this was that when I was still closeted. Um, maybe something in my mind just didn't think I should be enjoying that or thought like, you know, if, if, if you like that, people are going to start thinking, you know, people are going to start questioning, hmm, pop music's kind of gay and people might think, hmm, maybe he's gay if he likes that. So I kind of wanted to keep that hidden or whatever. But, but like next week I'm going to fucking Kim Petra's in Atlanta. And I say this. In the best possible way. Yeah. That show is going to be the gayest fucking thing. And I cannot <laughs> goddamn wait for that shit. I was going to say something slightly minor. Uh, going back to Lupe Fiasco. Um, I remember sort of like being, feeling like, you know, you, when you are on the internet and you are a fan of someone, you're kind of seeing what they're going through. So you're kind of like riding for them, right? You're like, oh yeah, I know that this song... Or I know that this song or this album isn't as great because, you know, it's because of the label chicanery and it's because all this sort of stuff happening, you know, and so you're still rooting for them because you know they're, they're good stuff from before. 
And but then you kind of take a step back and you're like, wait a minute, like I should be a fan of good music. And yes, it sucks that he's making, you know, less than what he can make right now. And I know the reason why, but that doesn't excuse what the product is at the end of the day, you know, because like and like basically saying like just because you know why something came out badly doesn't mean that I should be okay with it. You know what I mean? Well, that about wraps it up the Q&A. Uh, thank you very much for everyone who submitted questions. Uh, apologies to ones we might not have got to. Um, but I just want to thank everyone who did take time to send something in. Um, who knows? Maybe we won't wait till 300 to do another one. We'll wait and see. Time will tell. But for now, for today, for this week, we got Zoo. Mm-hmm. By your boy, Denzel Curry. Oh, your boy? Yeah, my boy, your boy. Florida's savior. Florida's favorite son, Denzel Curry. Back with an album that is apparently all freestyled? Oh. Or at least is, that's what he had is, said? Is that a fact? Well, that makes me feel slightly better about it, I guess. In that sort of Lil Wayne way of like, you know, you you find out this factoid and you're like, oh, well, that makes it interesting. Not better, but interesting. Here's a question before things come to blows. Okay. Allow me to just allow me to just pinch the bridge of my nose to ward off. The, the oncoming headache that will ensue. Am I led to believe that that you didn't find this interesting or enjoying? No, not, not that much. Not particularly. I just... I can't do it! That's it! I fucking... No. Look, look, wait, <laughs> I was, I was willing, wait, <laughs> against my better judgment, I was okay with you, talking <laughs> shit, <laughs> talking that bullshit, <laughs> oh, no, Kevin Abstract, one. we got another one, <laughs> but look, here, here, Maybe where I gotta draw the mother fucking line. Oh. Every man has a fucking breaking point. <laughs> this might be it. Oh no. I'm not only going to the zoo. Mmm. I got five on it. Oh, is that a fact? Giving it a motherfucking five. And I Whoa. couldn't tell you when the last time I've done that. It's Whoa. been. Oh. Look, I had to fucking take that five off the mantle. <laughs> Blow off the fucking... I had to dust that shit off because it was fucking caked on there. I couldn't tell you the last time. I almost forgot I had that shit. And I fucking placed it on the table like a goddamn Nintendo amiibo. I put it right on Zoo. <laughs> Just placed it right on Zoo. So nice and neat. No, I listened to this album like five or six goddamn times all the way through. I didn't even take notes on this shit, because I didn't have to, because mm. all I got to say is five, and that five speaks 
for itself. Now, I'm gonna allow you. I'm going to just sit back and allow yeah, you <laughs> to fucking speak your piece. State your incorrect opinion <laughs> on this shit. Because I thought this album fucking slept. I thought it fucking... Like, I had so much fun listening to this. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe that might be it. Maybe it's the fact that I just had a lot of fun listening to this that nothing else really mattered. Because that happens, right? Every so often a fucking album comes along and it just sounds dope. And you're, and you're willing to ignore some things. But I'm curious to see what what qualms, what issues uh, you, you had with it. I, I mean, Muse, I had fun too. I just... <laughs> sure you did. Let me sure explain. You did. Look, you, you don't gotta justify it to me. You gotta justify it to the people. <laughs> the fucking comment section that is currently lighting your ass up in the premiere. Mm. They know who they are. I'm watching them. I'm sitting there in the chat right now. Muse in the future. Type LOL in the chat right now. There it is. Look at it. Look at that shining LOL in real time. It's interactive as fuck. <laughs> Fans of the future, put an F in the chat for your boy, rap critic, because put, put an F for him it, and then just hand him an L. You, no, you well, boys, son him. of a bitch. <laughs> bowl him an L right down the middle of that bowling alley because I want to watch those pins explode. No, Darren, please do well, continue. After I've I've been allowed to uh have have a uh have, you have the floor. open equal dialogue. Yes. <laughs> Proceed. As far as a, 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 a banger, oh yeah. The streets of Florida will be cracking from the, the bass that's mm. gonna be blasting out of your speakers from this song all goddamn summer. Most definitely, especially the At final least track. six summers. Uh, <laughs> especially the final track. The fucking explosive P.A.T. Jesus Christ. That was the, the hype shit. The tracks before Carol Mart, I didn't feel like they banged as hard. In fact, oh, 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 Ricky. Other than Ricky. So Ricky and then the tracks after Carol Mart, like Carol Mart on, fucking explosive. But it felt like there was just one too many beats that I just didn't really remember that didn't have that big fucking planning a bomb in your fucking car to explode from the goddamn, uh, the way it goddamn shakes your fucking trunk. I didn't get that other than those couple of tracks. And it was weird to me that there were like a couple of songs here that were like barely a minute long because I'm looking at this album and it's like, oh, it's not even 30 minutes? And like, you're giving me these songs that aren't even like doing anything like the first track that barely even gives you enough build up to really uh, to really mean anything and then of course you get ricky like i said explosive track uh favorite ones on the album you don't know him like that it's mr rick oh, oh word 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 uh, forgive me forgive me i agree and that is absolutely the double-edged sword that comes with this new era of 29 30 minute albums and in the cases of the albums that i don't really want to listen to that's a fucking blessing it's a breeze it's over before it even fucking starts and i'm done i, I listen to it a couple more times before the review and that's all i need to do that's all i'm obligated to do then you got fucking zoo and fucking uh igor and it's like 
Dude, these fucking albums are way too goddamn short. Yeah, zip and I by. wanted Zoo to go on for a full fuck hour. I would have been fine with that. Bushy B interlude? What? It's an interlude, for one. But no, I absolutely agree that this, knowing it's freestyled, explains a lot. You know, it does, but now it's just like, okay, but that just sounds like an unfinished song. You just, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, what what is important about Bushy B that gets said in this song? Pop the bra, she topless, and the drop is topless, bands and panties dropping. Huh? This is just generic fucking rap shit. You basically got of a chorus on that song, and that was it. I agree. Yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck is that? There are more songs that feel like incomplete interludes than full songs. But in full songs, you got Ricky, I think is a fucking great track. I really like Automatic. I really like Speedboat. Um, mm-hmm. Carol Mart. I fucking screamed in my car when that fucking beat drop for Carol Mart. Dude, I that absolutely That was definitely agree. an explosive beat. Yes. Carol Mart. Booty clap A. music. Pat. Ooh, <laughs> dude. Th- this fucking... I just got to give him props on the fucking album cover alone. Yes. <laughs> that this album cover just looks like you're going to have some fucking throwback old school. <laughs> you know what school. this is. <laughs> this is. This is some fucking early 90s, like fucking 69 boys tag team. Mm. This is hip hop for the summer, for the block party, for the barbecue. That's what this is. He shouts them out too. Trick Daddy, Trina, you know, all these, uh, uh, Rick Ross, of course, you know, these, these people who represented uh, Florida before him. Um, and like, I, I honestly feel like he is the best of that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he, he brings an energy that is so like Titanic that it's just like, I, I feel like it, it just, blows everything previous out of the water just because he has the, the, the this new, you know, these production chops. There's just something to it, especially that last track that just feels like, uh, like I can imagine pressing play on that in those fucking big ass cars, those big ass speakers, and just feeling like a goddamn earthquake is taking place and just feeling like this is exactly what this is for. You know what I mean? Right about now though, me and the entire chat is waiting for that other shooter drop. Well, Again, we're, we're waiting for the butt. Again, the issue is songs like Bushy Baby, which is barely a song with barely any good lyrics and barely anything happening in it. You know, you get the intro, which is, again, barely a song with barely anything happening. You know, barely any lines that mean anything. You get Wish, which fucking sounds like like the lyrics are about some gangster shit, but you're listening to it and it sounds like fucking Tina Marie sample in the background or something like that. And you're like, what the fuck is this? This isn't supposed to be that sound. This isn't supposed to be that fucking big guttural punching your goddamn speaker sound that we hear on the last track. What the hell was Wish about? He's saying lyrics like, quick to cut a pussy nigga up just like a surgeon. I'm near the perky because a young nigga be hurting. Uh, sliding like a Taliban with a turban. Uh, pull up in all black in the suburban. They gonna rip him up, flip him, cut his ass up, put him in a box and ship him up. Yup. And in the background, you're hearing this fucking, ooh la la la. This is the that we good in it. And I'm like, uh... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> My only complaint about the song is the fucking shout out to X, because I could just do without that from anybody. But I get it. If you were fucking, if, if you two were close, <sighs> whatever. It's fucking dope gangsta shit, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of got that, that sentimental, 
every week another funeral, only time we yes, go to church. Yes, yes. Like, there is the party to it, but you do hear the heart to it that I do like in artists that I do feel makes the music mean more. But I feel at the same time, because maybe of that freestyle element, there is just so much that just feels kind of like, what the fuck was... There's too many moments where I'm just like, what was that? That didn't, that was boring. What was that? That didn't mean anything. And and especially since, like I said, when you hear a song like Carol Mart, when you hear a song like Pat, when you hear um, Shake 88, Jesus Christ. I was playing that for my friend and, you know, a friend of mine, you know, not easily impressed by, you know, the music I play, you know. They heard that joint. There was like, here's a little something about a bitch like me. Rule number one, don't touch my weave. The way she fucking said it. And my friend just looked over like, all right, I got to get that song. <laughs> and then the, See, the I hook- thought you were going to think that was whack. No, 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 no. That shit is fucking hmm. fun. I love, I, I love like abrasive shit like that. You know what I mean? I love that city girls type style. Mm. Um, fucking that chorus. How can you not love that chorus? She mm. gonna shake that ass because she only lived once. She gonna smoke yeah. a blunt then out to the front. Hey, that's that fucking shit I'm talking about. That's that type of fucking chorus where it's just like you don't fucking give a shit what the song is about. You heard that fucking chorus. Get your ass on the dance floor this minute. You know what I'm saying? That's what the fuck I'm talking about. That is a goddamn... I feel like that was going to be a fucking classic right there. I thought this (laughs) album, and normally with albums, the one thing I say is like, man, these choruses. Dude, almost every chorus on this fucking album was dope. Fucking Speedboat? I love the chorus on Speedboat. What was the other part of that song, the pre-chorus? Speedboat. The pre-chorus. The Jesus, um, please deliver us from evil. But the way it was sung and mixed was just like heavenly sounding. I don't want to use my desert eagle. Yeah. Oh. It just oh! sounded so cool. You know. Hmm. See, here's the thing. <laughs> the the things you're praising the album for, I'm like, dude, the album was full of moments like this. Like, like it, it wasn't exclusive to Shake '88. Well, I'm like, this shit was happening all over the fucking album. I didn't think it was boring at any point. I feel like because it was so short, the songs that were nothing songs just inevitably ended up standing out more. Like the Blackland mm. interlude where it was just kind of like, okay, like this interlude isn't funny or particularly saying anything interesting. Why is that there? You know, that could have just been a couple of seconds at the beginning of the song or a couple of seconds at the end of the last song. Did that need yeah. to be, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it like. It didn't need to be its own track, no. Yeah, and the Yo skit where it was just like. Yo, you didn't that need is, that? I mean, again, this is purely for Miami. This is for Florida. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and, and so on that level, I don't want to take that away from it in that respect. You know, and that's that's kind of what that skit represented. You know, it's like, yo, this is what, you know, Florida dudes sound like. You know what I mean? Um, but it was just kind of like, eh, you know, uh, on a fuller album, that would have been enjoyable, but where it was just like, there wasn't really anything funny outside of, if you are from Miami, this is funny, but if you're not, you know, alright, you know what I mean? I will agree that when when an album is only 12 tracks, and three of those tracks are essentially interludes, and Zoo is kind of an unfinished uh intro to the overall album but i think for as short as the songs as they may be Mm. for when it's fucking there and for what it does in that time 
I, I think it's explosive, and I liked every minute of this twenty, this criminally twenty nine minute album. Just even counted it. I think it, an album has to be like a full thirty minutes for it to be like an LP. I think so, Denzel. You might have fucked up. You should add one more minute long skit on the. <laughs> one more skit. One more minute on Zoo, perhaps. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I would have appreciated another minute on Shake eighty eight. I will concede, and I will agree. That it is interlude heavy, and it doesn't need that many interludes, and after listening to this album once or twice, I'm skipping over Yo. I don't need that. Bushy B, then the Yo skit. It's just kind of like... Yeah, you don't need those back-to-back. I'll I'll absolutely agree. But the fucking dope high points, Mm. easily, in my opinion, outweigh... They outweigh them. They outweigh the minor nitpicks and gripes. That unwavering five still stands tall. Mm unfazed by your critiques (laughs) it's brushed them off like the buzzings of flies no but what rating did you come up with i gave it a 3.5 okay (laughs) (laughs) Mm, that 0.5 saved your ass (laughs) there was just one too many incomplete songs for me to be like oh this you know for for me to think of it as a stellar uh album Mm. you know what i mean Here's the thing, the interesting thing about this album. I enjoyed it more than Taboo, but Taboo is a better overall album. I would actually agree with you on that. Because <laughs> I, I do, I would rather listen to this immediately coming up because all of the hits for me are so strong. Would you have given it a higher rating if... The songs were spelt with numbers instead. <laughs> if I it think was that was 13 a... Ushi 13 interlude. Yeah, that's what was missing. That's what would have mm. pushed it over the edge. With that said, though, folks, uh, that about wraps up going off episode 200. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if this is your first episode with us, all the rolled episodes are on Spotify. Uh, I would include iTunes, but apparently iTunes is going away soon. There's my thing on Brew, the review a new podcast, you know. You can follow us on Patreon. That's how you can find out how you can request an album to be reviewed. Check out either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for details. You can check out RC on Stationhead, and he's got the Brew deal going on. I'm over there on Twitch. But uh, until then, for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. Niggas is fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know how niggas be biting your shit. You know, niggas be biting mad styles and shit from niggas, man. You know, that's why I be hating, man. I can't stand a fucking biting ass nigga. Want to use your lines all ahead of time before you even get a chance to shine on your own shit. You know what I'm saying? N- n- niggas be killing me, though, son, because, you know, they be coming with your words and shit. You know, they hear you say one word, and here they come with the word. You know, trying to flip it and bounce it on some bullshit, you know. Not sounding like first of all and shit, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Boom. But then you got niggas, son, you know, on the real, you know, niggas, 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 niggas is biting off your little album covers and shit, you know. You know, bad enough, bad enough niggas uh, uh, biting biting lines like niggas kill me when they was like, niggas bit off a... Uh, n- uh, niggas bit off of uh, Todd in the Shadow shit. You know what I'm saying? Word. Niggas, niggas, niggas caught his little his little title card. You know what I'm saying? Boom. You know? Um, then it's like, fuck. You know, it's like these happy-go-lucky YouTubers, man. You know, when they get on, you know, they want to pop a little, a little champagne. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, 
And that, that, you know, they're going, you know, I'm trying to fluff me, you know what I'm saying? Yo, play that role, you know what I'm saying? It's like, look, let me tell something. Let me tell these, let me tell these YouTubers something, God. I don't want no YouTuber sounding like me on no channel, all right? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you know, I'm going to approach your brother, you know what I mean? I don't want nobody sounding like me. I don't want nobody sounding like Muse, you know what I mean? Bad enough, you know, I don't want nobody sounding like nobody from my, from, from the going off extended universe, you know? Just keep it real, you know, do your own shit and be original, you know? And, you, and you'll be a better man, you know? You're going to come out your own way, you know? Word up, man. However the fuck you're going to take it, man. Word up.